Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Because I'm your friend, I'm telling you the truth. When the pastor is sharing something from the pulpit and he's sharing truth with you, don't go get offended. Amen. Don't go get offended. Take that if it's truth and use that truth to correct whatever it is. I hope that what I'm saying is causing some of you to to, to hurt because I love you and because I'm your pastor. And as your pastor, I need to tell you the truth. Your love for Jesus is evident by your service to Jesus. You can say, Jesus, I love you till the cows come home. But until you serve the Lord, until you get in there and begin to serve God, nobody will know it and neither will God. Thank you. I want you to be able to say, Lord, I agape you. Not, Lord, I phileo you. Lord, I agape you. Jesus said, if you love me, then feed my sheep. I mentioned last week, God is into sheep. God is into his sheep. God loves his people. And this is an exhortation to every minister, pastor, and teacher in this room. Feed the flock of God. Feed them the word of God. Jesus said, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, take care of my sheep. Why? Because God is serious. Listen to me, please. Listen. God is serious about his sheep. God loves his people, and God is serious about his sheep. In Jeremiah, the nation had turned away from the Lord, and the leadership of the nation had fallen away. In Jeremiah 3.15, write it down. God said, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Look at what he says to the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 2. Son of man. Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Verse 8 through 11, as I live, same chapter, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds did what, saints? Fed themselves. Are y'all reading the screens? The shepherds did what? Fed themselves and they did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds And I will require my flock at their hand, and I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep. And the shepherds shall feed themselves, what? No more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. God is into his people. 
God is into his sheep. And Peter, if you love me, Jesus said, then you'll feed my sheep. And Peter, listen, never forgot this. He never did. He wrote about it, as a matter of fact, in his epistles, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. The elders who are come among you, I exhort, I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers and not by compulsion. You don't drive the sheep, you lead the sheep. God doesn't drive us. He leads us to green pastures. Uh, Two people say amen. He leads us. He doesn't drive us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't drag us by our heels or our hooves. He doesn't drag us. He doesn't force us. He leads us not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest, not a hireling, but eagerly nor as being lords over those who entrusted to you. But pastor, be an example to the flock. Listen, your pastor should be an example to the flock. I should be an example to you of how to live, of how to walk with God, of how to pray, of how to seek the Lord, of how to serve the Lord. How do you serve the Lord? Faithfully, you serve the Lord. That's how you serve the Lord. Faithfully. I should be an example. If you're just visiting here and you go to another church, your pastor should be an example. That's what the Bible says. To you, to show you how to love and serve God and be faithful to God. That's what a shepherd does. Peter warns the preacher of laziness, greed, and popishness. Popishness, lording over people. Don't be in ministry for money or power. My pastor used to say there's no big eyes and little U's. Everybody's the same, right? No big eyes and little U's. Everybody's the same. This pulpit is just an office of the body of Christ. I don't know why people want to preach in a pulpit. People look at the pulpit. I call it pulpit envy. People look at the pulpit like, oh, I could do that. You know, he only preached one time. He only works one day a week. I can do that. I'm like, if you think I work one day a week, you are delusional, okay? You need medication. Like, oh, that preacher only works one day a week and gets up there and just talks to some people. I can do that. Really? You want to try? Come now. <laughs> you want to try? No, you can't do that. This is a calling. This is an anointing. The God has to anoint you to do this. You can't even go to school to learn how to do this. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. I, I, we all know. Preachers who have gone to seminary and to learn to preach, and they just can't do it. You can't do it. Why? Because it takes anointing from the Holy Spirit. It takes anointing. God grew this church. You know, I'll tell you my story. I got a 12th grade education. I'm a street kid from Philadelphia. Started doing drugs when I was nine years old, for those of you that don't know. Started doing drugs when I was nine years old. I didn't stop doing drugs until I was 21 years old and gave my life to Jesus Christ. I, was, I grew up on the streets. I grew up in the hood, y'all. Y'all know nothing about that. I grew up in the hood. I didn't go to college. I didn't go to seminary. We didn't have money to, to, to go to college or, or seminary. I went in the Navy. I got saved. 
And when I got saved, God anointed me. I found out later, many years later, several years later, that God called me to preach. And I didn't even know that. I just started teaching a Bible study, and it just kept growing. I started with one, one guy, Anthony Ruby. Never forget Anthony Ruby. He was an E6, and I was an E nothing. And I, and, and I, and, and I actually, uh, I, I'll tell you this quick. I, I, we, I, we, my wife and I went to their home for dinner. i never forget we had spaghetti. I don't know why I remember that. We had spaghetti. We went to their house for dinner. And when we sat on the couch after dinner and had some coffee, and we were talking, my wife and I were talking to them about the Lord. And then we got to the part where we said, would you like to accept the Lord? And they said, yes. Oh, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> because every person I had asked that before, they said no. So <laughs> not now, or I got things to do, or whatever excuse. But they said, yes, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, well, they said, I said, would you like to accept the Lord? They said, uh, yes, we would. I said, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, now, you know, this means hardship. <laughs> now I'm trying to talk them out of it because I don't know what to do. I said, well, uh, maybe we'll just uh, pray. Yeah, yeah, let's pray. We can pray. You can't never go wrong with prayer, okay? If you don't know what to do, just pray. So you can't go wrong with prayer. So we pray together, and then the Lord showed me that if you let him to the Lord, then it's your responsibility to disciple him. God showed me that. It just came to me in that way. And I started a Bible study on the grass outside of our office at Camp Pendleton out in California. And we were studying the Bible. And then one person saw us studying the Bible and they said, hey, can I come? I said, sure, why not? So they started coming. This is at lunchtime. Now we can do whatever we want at lunchtime, not on uh, Navy hours, uh, lunchtime. And um, he's kind of come, sure. So then he said, can he come? And then another person said, can he come? And another person invited another person, another person invited another person. Before you know it, we had like 60 to 100 people out there on the grass, and I'm teaching the Bible. And I don't even, thank you, I don't even know. And I don't even know what I'm teaching half the time. I'm like listening to Chuck Smith the day before and taking notes and then trying to read my Bible. And, you know, and I got myself a Strong's Concordance and I got myself a Bible dictionary. And God just began to teach me the word of God. And I began to feed his sheep. And I've been teaching ever since. And, and God, is, God, God has done a great work. But, but calling, I never wanted to be a pastor. I never looked at anybody's pulpit and thought I wanted to be a pastor. I would the last person you think would, would be a pastor. The last, okay? Who would you would think would be a pastor? I mean, go home in my old neighborhood now and well, I used to, they know now, but I used to go home in the, in the old neighborhood and they go, hey man, good to see you, Rodney. Oh man, you look good, Rodney. Yeah, hey man, thank you. And yeah, well, what's your, what you doing? I'm a pastor now. What? I'm a pastor now. Like, a real pastor? Um, well, is there a fake one? I mean, yeah, yeah, like a real pastor. They couldn't believe it, and I couldn't believe it, and I still can't believe it, and I'm still waiting for that day. I'm amazed at what God has done here at Calvary Chapel, and I'm still waiting for that day when, when nobody comes to church. I, I told my wife, I said, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm so blessed that when people walk out that door from first service and it's just as full as it is here, even more maybe at, at 8.15 in the morning, I'm, I'm just waiting for that one service where, where nobody comes 
because it amazes me that one service empties, another one fills up. One service empties, another one fills up. Y'all, let me tell you something. That is God. That is not Pastor Rodney. That is God. That is God. Uh, y'all don't see, I don't have no advertisement. This ain't in my notes. I'm talking. I, I have no advertisement. You don't see no billboard out there on the 440 with me and Miss Elvira. You don't see none of that. We don't, I don't do all that stuff. I'm the, look, unless the Lord builds a house, the man labors in what, saints? You know that. Unless the Lord builds a house, it takes God to build the house. If you love him, then you'll feed his sheep, Jesus said. Fast forward to the New Testament, talking about feeding. Fast forward to the New Testament and his sheep. Paul said to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Paul said, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd or to feed, tend to take care of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And isn't it true that people are feeding on some weird stuff in the church today? Have y'all noticed that? Pastors and preachers are serving up some weird stuff in the church today legalism and liberalism and the prosperity teaching and faith teaching. And they'll tell you Christians shouldn't have any trials. And if you have any trials, then you must be in sin because God wants you to be blessed and God wants you to be anointed. And God's got a plan for you. For real. Well, if Christians aren't supposed to have any trials and I'm doing something really wrong, okay, because it seems like I never am not in a trial. It's always because I think conversely, when God is using your life, you're going to find trials because Satan is putting roadblocks. Who knows what I'm talking about? Satan's going to put roadblocks in your way to try to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. We're teaching out there. Gospel of inclusion. You ever heard of that? The gospel of wider mercy, a wider mercy teaching. People are grabbing hold of doctrines of demons and philosophies of the world. And it's sad to me that people are pushing the word of God aside and slashing the scriptures. And when you do that, the Bible can mean anything. There's so many so-called Christians who don't believe in the inspired, infallible, inerrant, authoritative word of God. They believe the Bible is a collection of literary artifacts whose usefulness is determined by man. Listen, there are many who call themselves Christians who don't believe in hell. Do you know Jesus believed in hell? Do you know demons believe in hell? So may I say to you in love, just because you don't believe in hell doesn't make it one minute shorter or one degree cooler because you don't believe in it. It doesn't make it one minute shorter or one degree cooler. The Lord tells Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep, fumbling, failing, always saying the wrong thing at the right time, Peter. Jesus is recommissioning Peter and giving him a duty. And listen to this. I thought about this yesterday. Jesus is giving, actually, think about this. I never thought about it like this before. Jesus is giving Peter the highest honor by committing his people to him. This is the highest honor for Peter. By committing his people into Peter's hands, Jesus said, Peter, I want you to take care of my most precious thing. The most pre- Do you understand the most precious thing that Jesus has is the church? The most precious thing that he owns is you. Jesus said, Peter, I want you to take care of my most precious thing. 
thing, my church, my people. The church, listen, belongs to Jesus. He is the builder and the owner. Somebody say amen. It's not the Baptist church. It's not the Methodist church. It's not the Catholic church. It's not the Lutheran church. It's not the Presbyterian church. It's not the Brethren church. It's not even the Christian church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus owns the church. And the church, I'll wait while you clap your hands. I'll wait. Jesus purchased, listen to me, purchased this church with his own blood. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 tells us, knowing that you are not redeemed or saved by corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received from the traditions from your fathers, but with the what, saints? Precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. Jesus purchased the church with his own precious blood. He is the architect. He's the builder. He established it. He will bless it and maintain it. He's the Lord over it. He bought it with his own precious blood. It's so precious that you can't put a price tag on it. That's what the word precious means. You can't, you can't estimate. There's no value. It's, it's, it's more valuable than the hope diamond, the church, you, the Christian. It's more valuable than the hope diamond. And if you don't like the church, if you don't like the church, then you don't like Jesus. I've heard people say, well, I don't like the church, but I love Jesus. Uh, you can't say that because Jesus is the head of the church. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Jesus is the head of the church. Yes. And we are the body of Christ. Yes. And if you separate the head from the body, that's a monstrosity. That's not a blessing. Jesus is the head of the church. You can't say you love Jesus, but you hate the church. If you love Jesus, then you will love his church. When people walk through that door, they're coming for healing. The church should be a place of health and healing, not a place of condemning and judging. Can I get three people to clap their hands and say amen? Not a place of condemning and judging. Somebody once said the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. And one last thing, you can't join it. You have to be born into it. You can't join this. You have to be born into it. You know, we don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. You know that. And um, people have asked me, they, and perhaps if you've been here, they've asked you, well, how do, how, do you, how do you join that church? How do you join that church? And, and you can't join this church. People say, Pastor Ronnie, how can I join? I want to join the church. I'll say, are you a Christian? Yeah. You love Jesus? Yeah. You born again? Yeah. Well, then you're a member. It's as simple as that. You love Jesus? No. You born again? No. Well, then you ain't a member. <laughs> it ain't that hard. You can't, you can't be, you can't have your name on the roll. There is no roll in this church. You know, you know the role. Where my people at? Y'all know what I'm talking about, the role, okay? Your name, there is no role in the, I ain't talking about a sandwich. I'm talking about a book, okay? There is no role in this church. Your people, I got my name on the roll. Well, you can have your name on the roll, but that don't mean you're a Christian. That don't mean you're born again. It doesn't mean you're a member of the church. The way to become a member of the church is to be born again. People come from churches, as happened to me, where they've come from churches where they do have membership. Um, and I'm not against churches that have, don't get me wrong, I'm not against churches that have membership. We just don't have it because I, I don't see a need for it. 
I don't own you. Amen. And you don't own me. Amen. Say amen. Yes, yes, yes. You don't own me. I don't own you. This is a fellowship of believers. You may come and go as the Lord leads you. When the Lord leads you to... um, If the Lord leads you to move on to another church, listen, we don't have a letter for you to take. People have brought me a letter. (laughs) They leave a church, and some churches have membership, and when you transfer your membership, you got to get a letter from the church that you are transferring your membership. More people, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. And you got to transfer your membership. So people have come and given me the paper and said, Pastor Rodney, I want to give you this, and I am transferring my membership from another church to this church. And I take it and say, thank you very much. Then I take it to my office and put it in the circular file. What am I going to do with it? Because we don't, we don't have membership like that. And nowhere to tell you the truth, just because your name is on the roll does not mean you're going to heaven. Being part of the church doesn't save you. Knowing Jesus Christ saves you. Did you get that? Knowing Jesus saves you. So you can't join it. You must be born into it. So Peter, if you love me, feed people. Peter, if you love me, Take care of people. If you love me, serve people. Take care of them. Nourish them. They are precious to me. And then I come in for landing here. Listen, feed my sheep is in the present imperative tense in the Greek. And it means to continually or repeatedly. It's not one sermon. It's not one Bible study. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. You're to continue to teach the word of God. Keep doing it is what it means. Keep teaching the word of God and don't stop teaching the word of God. I encourage pastors all the time. There needs to be a time in your church where you are taking people through the whole counsel of the word of God. You don't have to do it like I do it, where Sunday morning we do New Testament, Wednesday night we do Old Testament, you don't have to do that, but at some point in the life of your church, you need to be taking people through this entire book because there are many things to learn and to glean from the entire book. I'm talking about Old Testament and New Testament. You learn how those two tie together. And if you're not taking people through the entire book, then you cannot say that to God that like Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of the word of God. You can't say that if you don't declare unto them the whole counsel of the word of God. There's more in this book than your favorite subject. Somebody say amen. There's more in this book than faith. Go to church and hear a sermon about faith. Go to church next week, hear a sermon about money. Go to church next week, hear a sermon about money. Go to church next week, hear something about money. There's more in this book than that. This book is good for reproof, for doctrine, for correction, instruction, and righteousness sake. This is all you need for life. This book will lead you. And this book will guide you. But you got to keep on doing it. And that's why we keep on doing it. We keep on going through the scriptures. And at the same time, 
letting the scriptures go through you. That's important. You go through the scriptures and the scriptures go through you. And you begin to walk it out. And you have your mind transformed. I beseech these brethren by the mercies of God that you present your body living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. You transform your mind. You renew your mind with this book. And the only way you're going to do that is to get your face in it. You can't put it under your pillow and think it's going to absorb up. And say amen. It don't happen like that. You got to study the word. You got to get in a church that teaches the word so you can learn the word of God. Go through the word and let the word go through you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.